0: Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. Today is July 19th and I'm here with Richard Coley, the CEO of CFS Consulting Group. Richard has 18 years of experience of driving lean projects from the conception of lean transformation to full successful implementation. Welcome Richard. Thank you. So Richard, uh, we actually had the pleasure of having you uh, do a presentation for, for Zenium here at our facility this morning. and kind of blown away by the the lean topic, which is our topic for today. So I'm gonna first start off by asking you how you would describe the lean management system and really what that means to a business.
1: Well, we, we started calling it lean management systems because of Lean Six Sigma. And a lot of times when you would hear lean, people automatically say, oh, Lean Six Sigma. And I kind of wanted people to understand that Lean Six Sigma was another tool within the toolbox of Lean. It's a big tool, but uh, it's a whole management system. It's a a system of tons of different types of tools. Uh, Some of the key tools might be uh, 5S or Kaizen, Lean Six Sigma. It's so many different other things. And so we we call it Lean Management Systems because it's an actual system for your entire organization and not just for one piece of it. Mm And you
0: have, obviously, 18 years of experience in driving the lean projects, where where did you really get that experience from, and then just kind of walk me through today, how you became an expert in in the (laughs)
1: lean? Ah, good question. Um, To to shorten up the 18 years, uh, I I started off as an industrial engineer uh, with a company, and that's actually started, I guess, uh, from college uh, as an intern. Uh, working with the automotive industry, and I was taught some of these tools and and methodologies. Graduated from college, I was an industrial engineer for another um, car manufacturer, uh, learned more of it. And then I transferred to some other companies that were actually using the Shingen Jitsu uh, Japanese Consulting Group that were the Japanese consultants who actually helped start this program at Toyota in the uh, mid-1900s, about 1940, 1945. So I had the blessing, the pleasure to be mentored and taught by these guys, and they really gave me a, a wealth of knowledge. And from there, I started moving into operations and ended up managing two different manufacturing facilities, implementing the lean process. And so everything I talk to people about are from my experiences. Mm-hmm. It, it talks about my failures. It talks about my successes, the wins, the good, the bad, the ugly. And that is the one reason why I, you know, started working with different clients just so I could help them understand how to implement the lean to avoid some of the failures that uh, a lot of people see when they implement lean, and which is why we call it the lean management system.
0: Uh, one thing I'll say before we kind of dive into the rest of the questions is, during your presentation, you you really outlined the fact that you walk your talk. You <laughs> in one of your case studies, you you mentioned that you threw up basically your performance review in front of everybody because you you uh, wanted to communicate what what you're trying to get to. But uh, I just wanted to just make that point that you do you walk your talk, so everything that you. Probably you describe in this you've done yourself and implemented for other companies. Oh yes, said. yes,
1: everything. Uh, there, there is, I tell people when you go through one of my trainings, my presentations, anything I, I work with you, you're, you're having real life experience, um, not you know somebody who read a book, but somebody who actually lived it and and, and had to work work through the trenches and and make things happen. So I, I understand what makes the lean fail, and I also understand what makes it successful.
0: Yeah. In working with, I imagine, small, medium-sized companies, you're primarily your target market, maybe some large companies as well. Yes. Um, yes. What sort of, what contacts are you usually working with? So uh, most of our listeners are HR people as well as business leaders, so that could be CEOs, business owners, and all that. Who is usually the one that would... Um, Want to reach out to you and start implementing lean and, and kind of get that consulting.
1: Well, it's in different industries. It's it's uh, it's, it's definitely um, somebody in a leadership position, you know, a GM, a VP, somebody in a sweet C-suite, CEOs. Uh, those some some um, HR um, leaders reach out because uh, it, it the the thing about lean, uh, it does uh, rely on the leadership, and you normally need that leadership to help introduce it, to help paint the picture, to help um, bring it into the organization. And so those are normally my first contacts are, are at that level, which I think is great because um, you you get a chance from the beginning to understand the philosophy and the visions and you also understand, you know, where to best help that organization grow and achieve the um, the objectives that they are looking at.
0: So switching gears, I wanted to ask. So in your presentation, you compared lean tools uh, within a toolbox. Can you elaborate on what that
1: actually means? Well, I just use. Uh, I, for one, I'm I'm very visual, and so I always try to come up with a visual that that pretty much is universal. I mean, everybody's seen a toolbox. Everybody understands that. Yeah, you know, there's more than a hammer in a toolbox, and, and uh, if you you don't use a hammer for every job. And so when I, I, I've used that analogy of a toolbox so people understand that the lean tools are just like the tools in the toolbox. You know, you, you might have, you know, thirty different uh, projects that you have at your house during a year and you're not using a hammer for everything. And so you don't use like Lead Six Sigma for everything, you don't use 5S for everything, you don't use you know, it's so many different tools. You may not use uh, different you'll use different tools for different opportunities. And I use a toolbox to help get people to just to visualize, oh, okay, they're really just tools, and, and that's why. Well, you put it in simple terms for people
0: to understand, I, I, so I, I can respect that for sure. What do you consider the vital sections of that toolbox? I think you mentioned the five S's and all that, so maybe you can just dive into that a little
1: bit. <coughs> well, it, it, when I try to break down the toolbox, it, instead of, uh, because there's there's countless lean tools uh, that are used, uh, problem-solving tools, uh, all type of of tools that are spin spinoff of, of other key tools, but um, I, I try to start everybody off with 5S. 5S is just a system for organization and standardization, and that is pretty much the foundation that you use on any, any organization to, to set the, lay the foundation. Once that foundation is laid and things are organized and or standardized, a lot easier to start pulling other tools Uh, another key tool i use is called kaizen and kaizen is um, defined it was defined to me from the japanese consultants i work with the kai is to break apart dissect the zen bring together with peace and harmony the peace and harmony is the most overlooked part of a kaizen kaizen is a you know three to four day um, power pack event. You focus on one thing to improve it. But if you leave the area and people are upset, frustrated, there's not peace and harmony, you did not accomplish it. So always remember that piece. And then the Lean Six Sigma, which uses a lot of the 5S and Kaizen, but a lot of other um, data uh, tools to help define the problem. So with those three key compartments Within those compartments, there are so many different tools you can use that any organization applying any one of those will see dramatic results. And those, for me, those are the three that I focus on uh, when I work with,
0: with different clients. And so just for the listeners to understand, I don't know if you mentioned what the five S's actually stand for and then how a company could apply that. Could you just dive into that real quick? Well, the five
1: S are five words beginning with the letter S. They're actually five Japanese words. That we translated to English or American words, and they break down to the first S is sort, second S is straighten, the third S is shine, fourth, I mean, yeah, the fourth S is standardized, and the fifth S is sustained. A lot of people look at it like it's a cleanup, but the fourth and fifth S makes it the system because you you, you standardize it and then you sustain it. Um, they wouldn't have created it if it was just a cleanup, because we've been cleaning up since the dawn of time. So it is not a cleanup. It's actually a system for organization and standardization. I want to bring
0: up the fact that in in the presentation that you just gave, uh, we did an activity, a really fun one, actually, uh, where you had on the the first page was numbers all over the place. And there there was obviously no order to it, but you asked, what did you ask everybody? You asked everybody to draw a line from one to two to three and basically you had to find it right yes uh, then the next page they were in rows and columns but the numbers still weren't in order actually and <laughs> one through five was in order at the very top yep. and then you had to search for
1: six and seven and they were all over the place and then what happened on that last one well i, I use that example it's a very simple example uh the first page is very disorganized And, you know, I give everybody two minutes to to find one through 50, draw a line, one through 50. Most people find, you know, between 18 to 23 on the first page. The second page is more organized but not fully organized. But most people pretty much double the amount that they find. And most people find in the 40s, you know, somewhere between 40 and 44. And so I show that little example that just a little bit of organization and standardization you can improve your productivity now the final page is one through a hundred and once people look at that it's like oh okay i can find any number because it's fully organized and then we talk about how our brains are already programmed to to function in an organized fashion so if somebody gives you a sheet of paper one through a hundred if somebody says find me 88 you'll look lower to the page if somebody says find me 10 you'll look higher on the page and if somebody says find me 50 you'll look so your brain automatically knows where to look the first two pages your brain didn't know where to look your brain can still figure it out but you, you, you force your brain to start you know really thinking and searching and if you're doing that every day you're actually are asking people to use their brain for wasteful things instead of useful things <laughs> what type of model Do you use when actually applying LEAN? Oh, the model that we use, we we created a model that really focuses on three key components uh, with the fourth component. The first component is people. Um, You know, every organization has people, and every organization, uh, you know, getting people to focus on the the same objective is a lot of energy. Uh, Every organization has processes every organization has performance, some kind of performance they want to see. And then all of that is connected to the customer. Now the customer is internal and external. And a lot of times people don't see the customer, internal customer, they see it as another employee. And so you are you may not listen as closely if somebody says, hey, can, I, can you start sending this to me? I need this to receive this, this way. And because they're an employee, you're like, ah, okay, whatever. But if the outside customer asks you the same question, you'll be more apt to listen. And so if you look at the internal, just as you would look at the external, you would pretty much start to reduce a lot of the internal noise, reduce a lot of the silos that are built internally. And all you're now just really hearing the customer's voice. You can clearly hear what the customer is saying. This is what I want. And I would say, uh, like, Apple has, has done a pretty good job with, with hearing the customer and giving the customer what they want. What I really hear you saying out of all of
0: these, the the, the models, people would be the hardest to uh, kind of get your arms around. Um, one of the examples that you gave, and is a, actually an exercise, um, was the pig example. So kind of walk walk the listeners through that and
1: what you did for the group. And I thought it was fascinating. <laughs> well, I, I used this pig exercise i ask everybody in the room to draw a picture of a pig and so everybody does that they do exactly what i ask them um once they post the pigs everybody pig looks a little different or very different and so i asked the question um does anybody know why the pigs look different and somebody always says because we're individuals or we we think differently and that's exactly right And so nobody in the room did anything wrong. I did something wrong. I just asked them to draw a pig. I did not give them a lot of direct information, like how to draw the pig. Just draw the face of the pig. Draw the eyes like this. Then pretty much all the pictures would have looked the same. That's the, the standardization piece of it. And that's where we work with leadership to have them understand the type of communication that you are giving people may not be interpreted as you want and so it it works with what everybody's saying hey I said draw a pig and everybody did they did what I asked them so you you have to be very clear on your communications and helping standardize things well all of a sudden get everybody on the same page and move a lot faster
0: is this what you refer to as paint the picture and in, in your presentation that's what you mentioned is so this means that leadership really needs to be detailed in what kind of instructions they're giving whether it's processes or uh, just a project or a task. Um,
1: yes, I mean, you, you know, a lot of times, you know, in, in leadership roles we, we, um, we have looked at things from such deep levels that when we start to communicate, we forget that the people we're communicating to, this is their first time hearing it. We may have taken six months to look at all this, and then we present it, and we, we're, what we're thinking is getting across is being lost. And so um, it's really understanding what communication is going out to drive the type of actions that will benefit the group or the organization. And um, that's what the pig exercise really tries to drive home.
0: And the towards the end of the presentation, you did another <laughs> another exercise along the same lines of the pig. Um, tell us how that. Tell us how that went.
1: Well, I did another exercise that uh, I gave everybody a, a frame, and they had to put a puzzle together. Well, you know, everybody's looking at it. Uh, it was, I think, about ten different groups out everybody's puzzle was looking a little different. And about two or three minutes in, somebody you know, picked their head up and said, hey, um, would, it, would, would it help if we could see a picture of it? And so that I said, bingo. I said, did anybody learn anything from the pig exercise? <laughs> it, it, was, it was almost the same, same scenario. Um, I just said, put the puzzle together. But every group was putting it together differently. It wasn't saying they were doing it wrong. They were doing it saying, hey, you said put the puzzle together. When I put the picture up, Uh, It took two groups, and within 32 seconds, they had the puzzle put together. Now, we had taken over three minutes, and nobody had put the puzzle together, and all the puzzles looked different. And in 32 seconds, uh, we had all the puzzles looking the same, and with less than a minute, every group had the puzzle completed. So just in that that little bit of information, uh, we painted a picture where people can see and say, oh, okay. And then within that picture... You could always make in- improvements, but a lot of times, uh, I think we we fail by just giving a blank wall and say, I want everybody to improve. And so, that means that everybody takes, from their vantage point, what that means. And that is where um, leadership needs to help paint that picture, and, that, and that's all. So, uh, here's a blank canvas, go paint something, <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, to somebody who follows instructions
0: and uh, they, they really need some guidance on that what, what I thought was interesting with that uh, exercise you did was that the uh, the the final picture you put on the wall where we were able to now put together the puzzle that wasn 't the only way you could do it. There were several other ways, but yeah. the point was that leadership needs to define what their right way of doing things is and then to communicate
1: that yes yeah. it, it it's really um leadership really needs to be clear on their objectives. And then once everybody's clear on the objectives, then you could ask within that, well, how can we improve this? And then that's where all the, the communication, all the, the the dynamic and the energy would start with, oh, well, what if we took this piece and moved it here? What if we did this? I think this would improve it. But you have everybody on the same page. And so very quickly, I was able to get you know over 30 people all focused on the same picture, now it's easier for me to ask that group, well, how would you improve this? Instead of me asking each individual, well, how would you improve yours? How would you improve yours? And you still end up with 10 different puzzles.
0: This ends part one of our conversation with Richard Coley. Check back soon for part two. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.